So if you need a guy to hit a single, in, at this stage of his career, that's Joe Panic. Uh, from the pitching side, I want to see Yasver Zulueta. You just wanted uh, to say that. Yeah. Yes. The, the content and the way it was used and the interactions with other teams and other fans and, and the media that was being put out was all, it was so good. And welcome to episode number 193 of Artificial Turf Wars, where there's snow time like February to talk about spring. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Wazuski, uh... making horrible puns. <laughs> It's 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 very white outside. I'm disappointed. I am disappointed. I shoveled the driveway twice today, so puns puns are my way of coping. I'm joined by my uh, always uh, perpetual host uh, co-host Josh Housem. Josh, how you doing? Yeah, also had to do a couple of shovels, so the same. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 puns are not your coping mechanism. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe Listening maybe it's you make puns is my coping mechanism. <laughs> I'm so glad we've worked it out today. Uh, we have a podcast for you because the Blue Jays have been pretty busy. We're going to say uh, hello to someone new. We're going to say welcome back to someone from last year. We're going to say bye-bye to um, uh, someone. And then also hello to someone, which was what precipitated the bye-bye to someone else. Have I, I I think that's like the clickbaitiest intro I've done in a long time. We have, of course, your questions. And man, this week, you guys are starting to get geared up. For baseball, I can tell because you are on the questions on Twitter. And then, of course, we have a do-over for our favorite organization in the entire whole wide world, MLB's social media engagement team. Yeah, that'll get us there, I think. Um, so shall we begin with the hello? I think so. It's the biggest move. Yeah, it's, I guess it's a welcome back. David Phelps. I keep wanting to yeah, say I'm, Josh Phelps, you, and that's wrong. It is wrong, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Michael Phelps either. At least you were in the right sport. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jays win the, the trade, right? <laughs> I mean, they oh. traded David Phelps for Thomas Hatch. And, you know, I mean, obviously, that's not how things work because he's a free agent. But, well, it's the Jays have been, you know, they built their offense out, right? Yes. And then they've also Muchos. been building the bullpen. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so David Phelps has been pretty much a well above average to at worst slightly above average reliever from 2016 all the way through to August 31st of last year. <laughs> <laughs> and then Stuff he went happens, to the cursed, Josh. Especially well, in that the last Phillies, season, yeah. And they're just cursed. <laughs> right. <laughs> that bullpen, you, you, you go there to die. You're giving up <laughs> two home runs in 13 innings with the Brewers and had 20 strikeouts in 13 innings. And then he went to the Phillies. Oh, he'd also given up five runs, four earned. Went to the Phillies, gave up 11 runs in seven and two-third with five home runs. <laughs> that, I, I did not know they shrunk the ballpark even further in Philly. Um, <laughs> Citizens Bank was always small, but is it still Citizens Bank? I, uh, yes, it is. Oh, amazing. I, I never keep up with the sponsorships unless they're particularly egregiously weird. Um, like the Great American Ballpark. Um, yeah, I, I, I think anytime you can add an above average reliever or even an average reliever to a bullpen um, 
And I, I don't even, did they get a discount because he had a fluky end to last season? Or do you think just, what was it, $1.85 million base 1. salary? 1.75 with, with, with incentives. Right. So is, the, is that even a discount or is that just fair fair market value for a guy who's, you know, making the rounds as, as, as you do when you're a middle reliever? Yeah, I think it's probably, if you told me that, this was a, a normal off season completely full stop. I'd say he probably gets two to 3 million, but you know, when you're signing a week before spring training or 10 days before, this is what happens. I mean, we're seeing a bunch of that kind of stuff happening on the market right now. You know, James Paxton got one year, 8 million bucks or eight and a half million when people probably thought he'd get 10, 11, 12. So I mean, it's just the way it goes. And that's fair. I think, I mean, you know, he did finish horribly, as you said, and, you know, he's a middle reliever. He just happens to be a very good one who strikes out a lot of batters. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I look forward to him settling into a role, I think, if he stays healthy, of course. But um, that uh, you do need someone, especially in this day and age, uh, with starters not necessarily having that, uh, you know, six or seven inning. The Blue Jays famously struggled with that for for ages to, to get starters regularly going to the sixth or seventh. Um, if you have a guy who like Phelps could cover an inning for you on a regular basis and you know what you're going to get. It's a, it's a nice little pickup. So another piece of the puzzle, right? Yeah. And you know, his velocity came back mostly to what it was before he got hurt. So he missed just the uh, 2018 season with injury and the Jays got him before 2019. And he pitched the first half of the season before being traded for hatch. And he was down to about 92. He was back up in the mid 94 range on average last year. He wasn't reaching the 97, 98 that he was doing with Miami, but he was, you know, 95, 96, and, but sitting at that high velocity. So he seems like he's pretty much back to being, you know, the top reliever type guy that he was, I think. All right. Uh, so, I mean, technically Phelps was a welcome back, but, um, you know, he was away, obviously, for two years. Um, so let's go to the actual welcome back which is our middle infielder, Joe uh, panic at the disco or Joe, please don't panic. Or um, Joe was, was I, I looked it up. He made 10 starts at shortstop last year for the Blue Jays. Yeah. I would be fine <laughs> if that's exactly the number he makes in the 162 game season. <laughs> uh, I don't think he should start. I think if he starts more than one game at shortstop. Something went very wrong because they have two of them now, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, this is, this is, is this the bench player? Or is it's it more hard to say no. Uh, I mean, given that, so this sort of ties in actually with the, with the bullpen situation. So panic signed on a, technically it's a minor league deal. And, you know, when you say the, the idea that there's no such thing as a bad minor league deal, because there's no risk, I would bet all the podcast dollars, <laughs> All the money we make on this podcast. Dang it. So. That, I Okay. You could have my share for this bet. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what you're going to say yet, but okay. It's 50% or nothing. Um, uh, yeah. But uh, that he's been told he has a spot. And, you know, the, the, the reason that he hasn't been given the roster spot yet on the 40 man is because they, they'd have to cut someone. And if they, because you know, last year, I think it was the same kind of promise. And this year, he gets $1.85 million if he makes the team. And that way, they can keep him on the minor league deal through spring training. And then someone will get hurt or someone will show that they're not worth the, the roster spot and they'll get waived. 
and then they can add him. Whereas if they add him now, they have to, you know, make a decision that they're probably not ready to make yet. So I looked quickly. Joe Panic hit 255 last year, which is actually pretty good in this modern age of sub 200 batting averages for some reason. He his OBP was 340, which is actually pretty darn good. Unfortunately, his slugging was 300. So if you need a guy to hit a single in, at this stage of his career, that's Joe Panic. <laughs> I mean, that's been Joe Panic for much of his career. Really, he's never been a big time power guy. No, uh, but but there's no, he a did difference. Have more before you're right. There's a difference between 600 and seven six six forty and seven fifty OPS or whatever it works out to. Yeah, his um, isolated yeah. slugging was point zero seven five last year, which is you know, that's pretty bad. But I don't know. I don't love the move, to be honest. Um it's the bench player, but I think that I think we talked about this actually on last week's episode, that because they have Marcus Semien to back up at short and Vlad could play third. You know, ideally you still want someone who can play third, but I think that they had more opportunity to get someone who was a better bat to play this role than to get someone who has the versatility that Panic does, because I just don't think they need it with Biggio and Semien roaming the middle infield at the moment. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you that that at this again, at this point in his, his career, if he's anything like last year, his bat is so weak um that that versatility is not it's I don't know, just not enough to justify a roster spot at this point. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. Maybe maybe the Blue Jays kind of looked around and and this was the guy who they could who they could fill in. Again, we're ten days before spring training. In some senses, that's pressure on the player, but I guess it's also pressure on the team to get someone uh, who they are at least going to see for the entirety of spring training. Yeah, and I wonder if part of the thinking here too was also instead of getting the bat like I'm talking about. It's get the guy that if something goes wrong and he has to start for five days in a row or ten or seven out of ten days or whatever while someone heals from an injury, he's not going to kill you on the defensive side of the ball as well. Because if you look at this team, the way the lineup is right now, who would you actually pinch hit for in any spot? Right. Yeah, the guy I mean, on, the, on the bench is not coming in to uh, replace, uh, uh, you know, uh, no, nobody's been shitting for Tay Oscar. Nobody's maybe the catcher. Nobody, depending yeah, on the how catcher's badly the, the catcher's only doing. one. And yeah. and and any time when the catcher is 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 being pinch hit for, you have one of Rowdy or Gritchuk on the bench probably. And yeah. either of those guys is a viable pinch hitter. So I, I just I guess they figured that the idea is get the versatile player to fill this role. Well, uh, that is the Joe Panic situation. Uh, and then, of course, we said goodbye to uh, the guy I think you described once as looking as though he could play literally any other sport except baseball. Derek, <laughs> it was something like that. Derek Fisher. I think I just said that he's he looks like he's playing the wrong sport. Yeah, he's. An, I mean, certainly he's an athlete. Not he's not overweight. You know, he's he's, he's not, fast. He's strong. Yeah, he's he's all he's got things. all the tools. He just can't catch or hit a baseball. Uh, no, that's not very fair. He he can he, he can hit it. He can't catch it. Well, he can't do either of those things consistently at the major league level. So I don't know if it matters. Yeah, I mean, he was hitting actually reasonably well in his 16-game cameo last year before he got hurt. But so this sort of ties in with the panic thing and actually with the Phelps thing too, with Fisher being gone. 
Well, he was traded for a player to be named later and cash. So it seems like they actually probably will get somebody from the Brewers system. But I think that the way that they're going to be setting things up, especially with the way the pitching currently is, the Jays are going to go with a nine-man bullpen because they, the roster rules, which were announced, uh, the normal 13-man pitcher max is not going to apply this year. So I think the Jays will probably go with 14. And that's why they'll only have the bencher of the catcher whichever Rowdy and Gritchick isn't playing and panic. Which is why Fisher got the axe. Yeah, because that, that extra outfielder is not uh, going to fit in the plan. I, I am beginning to... I, I'm, I'm getting a little bit old cadre, but this this game that we are seeing develop, and I'm, I'm not going to say that there's any going back, of guys who strike out a lot and hit a lot of home runs... Uh, interspersed with a million pitchers <laughs> it it's a weird brand of baseball i don't know if it has as much tension as in it as uh the game even five years ago had yeah i mean we've we've talked about this before so i'll just let you, make, you know, move on but, from there because i agree but yeah you know, i just mean now now we're, we're nine bull, a bullpen of nine well i think that this year is is different right i mean they had the shortened season last year yeah and they and they've got you know, a bunch of question marks in their actual rotation. So having the extended the extra pitcher to cover, you know, for guys that need you know innings limits because of last year, I, like I think, you know, like next year you can't do that. Well, at least among the current rules, like you're not allowed to. They only made an exception this year because of COVID. Which is fair. I just again, you're gonna it's it, it's not so much the nine man bullpen. It's it's when you're when you're gonna see a position player pitching at the end of end of april and my brain is going to be going how <laughs> how did you get through you know what in your nine-man bullpen to, okay fine whatever uh and then bye bye fisher the uh coinciding move is uh you were talking about the 40-man roster earlier and they needed to put a was it a waiver pickup it was yeah joel payamps payamps yeah payamps I feel like, obviously, I do not know the heritage of that name, but I feel like every time I look at that, the letters are not in the right order. <laughs> it is an unusual last name. Um, he's Dominican. So welcome this, to the team, Joel. Yeah. So this actually, <laughs> the fact that he survived, see, I, I was sure they claimed him on waivers. They let Shun Yamaguchi go, which we should also mention. We have a question um, about that, though, so we'll come back yeah, to that. Yeah, so <clears throat> that's sort of what I was getting at. We'll get, to it. we'll get into it later. But I thought the idea was to claim him, knowing they had the Phillips contract coming, and then put him, try to sneak him back through waivers to try to take advantage of this, you know, so they get an extra, extra guy on the roster. But then when Fisher got cut, instead, it made me again think that they were planning to go with extra pitching. So there you're back to your nine-man bullpen. Thus is your, your yeah, uh, like he, sneaky Yeah, he reasoning. won't be in it. No, no. But just he's a guy who has an option who can go to the minors and then they can, you know, they can do what they want with him. I mean, he, he throws in the mid-90s. He has a slider. He just can't throw strikes in the big leagues for some reason, even though he's a pretty con big control guy in the minors. But he's only had seven total big league innings. So he seems like he could be okay. Uh, the, the Blue Jays have certainly found their fair share of waiver pickup bullpen um, guys in the past who they have uh, they have massaged into a, a useful or more than useful player so I, i'm not i'm not about to question their choices of waiver pickups at, at this point 
yeah. Anyway, he's he's the fortieth man on the roster right now, really. So he like for example, he could be the guy that you know after seeing him for an entire spring training, they decide to waive him to put Panic on the roster. So this was a this was a busy week. I guess it was a week and a bit um, for us. But I, you know, are the Blue Jays are are they there yet? I guess is the question, or, or is a question about whether they're there yet going to come up in the quest the what ten questions we have from uh... yeah. <laughs> yeah um, that that general idea will come up. Uh, I will, you know, it's mostly going to be about the starting pitching. So I'll go into with the rest of it. I think that. The bullpen is dynamite right now. I mean, you have Kirby Yates as the closer. Then you have Romano Dolis Barucki as the eighth inning, seventh inning crew. And then you have Phelps, Chatwood, Stripling as middle relievers. I mean, all those guys could be better. I mean, David Phelps could be an eighth inning guy. Same with Chatwood could be a seventh inning guy. But they're your fifth and sixth inning pitchers at this rate. Or you're, you know, after multiple days of the other guys. And then that gives them... Eighth and ninth spots of probably Cole and Liriano, but they could go with Patrick Murphy. They could go with Thomas Hatch or Thornton instead of the minors. And I think it's the best bullpen they've entered spring training within years. <laughs> Which is cool. Um, it's it's good to see that the team has at least strength in both the lineup and the bullpen. And then, I mean, we're still looking at question marks in the rotation. Um, but... Yeah, I, I mean, I've said it a bunch of times, but I think I, it hasn't changed. This is this is a, a team that is, I mean, the, some people think it's not spent enough money, but that's always up for debate whether whether that that win that you're looking for is actually there on the market at this point. Um, but certainly, they have they have organized themselves to look much more like a team that is competing for the division than one that is trying to quote unquote, be competitive, whatever that means. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, all right. So we can take a little break, I think, because yeah. we're going to need a big, big glass of water before I read out all these questions. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. We are back and ready to be hydrated, as it were. Uh, you folks were <laughs> lovely. You gave us a whole bunch of questions to chew on, so I'm going to play this questions stinger as we do before we uh, we get into the thick of things. Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly. Here are the rules. First I ask a question, then you ask a question. Now how does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? Brian A. at BJArsenal84 asks, think we can convince Rodgers to set one webcam high up behind home plate and they just live stream it nonstop like a weather cam? Just leave it on 24-7? No. I I think that would be really boring most of the time because there would be nothing on it for, what, two-thirds of the video? I do think, though, it's obviously a joke, that this is the kind of situation where they know they don't need to send broadcasters down to the fields to broadcast games anymore because they were able to do it from home all last year. I think that they can they do really well to show as much of the spring training action as possible, especially because I don't think reporters are going to be going down to capture all the behind-the-scenes stuff and all the photos and videos that we normally get. So hopefully they show a lot of games. 
Yeah, I, I think there was some awkwardness of, of the broadcasters not being able to look at what they wanted to look at because they were depending on someone's feed. But at the same time, I don't think it ruined the experience. So, yeah, wh why not broadcast a bunch of spring training games? It's cheap content. But, I mean, we say this every year. <laughs> and yet, yeah. here we are. Uh, okay, right. hit me up with one. Yeah, so the next question comes in from Matthew Trueblood at M.A. Trueblood. He's with uh, Baseball Prospectus. Talk me out of my nervousness about the starting pitching. Could the Jays still be the ones to jump out and grab Odorizzi, bring back Walker? Should I be less worried? In parentheses, I'm very worried about Pearson's forearm. Uh, should I do that backwards? I, I, I mean, Pearson's forearm is Pearson's forearm. It's been fully surgically repaired once. Well, he also was hurt. Like, yeah, he hurt it last year, it. right? Um, yeah, he's, I, he's, not, he's not had a full surgery for surgery done on it, though. Okay, I don't know anybody who throws a hundred miles an hour. I'm worried about their arm constantly, but it, it doesn't really sway me. Um, well, okay. Well, let's let, 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 let's just. I, I think that that's kind of the the thing that people are not really mentioning. Like, he hurt his elbow. <laughs> you know, the guy, the, the pitching feed on came in and he hurt his elbow and he came back. You know, it, it's one of those things where it might be something that's not all the way healed. And I think it's a worry. I thought like more than just any guy who throws hard. I think he's more of a worry than that. But it's I don't I don't think it's like definitely going to be a problem. Um, I'm still worried about anyone who throws 100 miles an hour and has never thrown. Has he, has he ever thrown 150 innings in a season? Oh, God, no. No, nowhere near. Yeah, that's... I don't know if I'm going to be talking Matt out of this. <laughs> uh, what do you think is more likely, Josh? Do you think it's more likely they get Odorisi or bring back Walker? I think it's more likely they get whichever of those guys is first one to say yes to a one-year deal. I, I, I Look, I, I think that... They will probably get one of them. I mean, they, they, I've been, we've been hearing rumblings from Ben Nicholson Smith and Scott Mitchell that they might be out of money or up against their budget ceiling. Um, if that's the case, then the Matt's trade makes even less sense. But I don't know. I, I just there, there doesn't seem to be the market out there for those guys, and they just make so much sense for the Blue Jays. Um, Lockdown Sad Boy at Split Letters asks: Will the Jays' spring training record be above five hundred? Today and things that don't <laughs> matter. Yeah, uh, I was kind of on the same thing. Um, well, I, want, I just want to go back to Matt's question for one more one more second because one of the things about the Jays, so if they do end up going back into spring training, because we should go a little longer on this because it's the the question on of the day for everyone is like what's going on with the rotation. If they do enter the season with what they have, the one thing they do thankfully have is the depth with Hatch, Merriweather, uh, losing, losing everyone's names. <laughs> Trent Thornton they've got a bunch of guys in the minors Anthony Kay who are major league ready starting pitchers which they've not had in the past but the upside is the issue at the moment so they've covered that with a good bullpen they've improved the defense so the starting pitching is probably going to be adequate but enough to be a contender like a true contender for the division I think they need one more all right Shall I go back to Luke? Uh, you read it. You can answer it too. I said I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, say yes. At some point, yes. Definitely. Don't know if it'll Watch, be at the, the end of spring They're going to start 0-1 and never catch up. Yeah. Well, that happened one year, didn't it? 
probably. I know one year that they, <laughs> they, they killed it in the spring. It never matters. Um, yeah, hit me with another one. So this is from David Hahn at Davy Danger Pants. Assuming that the projections are somewhat accurate and the 2021 MLB season sees a lot of teams vying for the two wildcard spots in both leagues, is it better for the Jays to overspend on a free agent starting pitcher now or wait until a trade deadline in what may be a seller's market? Um, I think you're always better to have, because I don't care how much the team, team um, uh, how much money a team spends really, but I think your options are better before spring training. The potential value you get and the number of starts you get out of a free agent starting pitcher are are better. And if that all falls apart, you can still buy at the trade deadline. So go now. Yeah, I totally agree. And also, you're just spending money instead of assets. I, and who knows what trade pitchers are even going to be on the market in July? You never know. So totally, totally agree with you. All right. Craig Kennedy at Craig Kennedy. Um Welcome to the show. I don't I don't remember Craig Kennedy, but maybe all the names are starting to blur together. Which non-roster invitee are you most interested to see get into game action? There's an interesting mix of could be, have been, and never heard of in that group. Now, I very cleverly made it so you have to answer this question because you know about me and non-roster <laughs> <laughs> invitees. All right. So I'm going to give one hitter, one pitcher, and then one veteran. Like one hitter prospect, pitcher prospect, and a veteran. So the hitter that I'm most interested in seeing is Aurelvis Martinez because he's the guy who had he had never played full season ball yet, and then he lost his what would have been his first full season, and he's kind of the uber talented shortstop but who can mash prospect, and I want to see what he looks like after a full year at the uh, the alternate site. Uh, from the pitching side, I want to see Yasver Zulueta. You just wanted to say that. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but also, he was signed out of Cuba in 2019 and then immediately went and had surgery, which the Jays knew was going to be the case. He throws like 100 miles an hour. And the com- he had some command issues, but I always want to see arms like that to see what kind of stuff they've actually got. Right, because the, the ball-so-straight university graduate is not not the be-all be and end-all. And maybe maybe he has something funky, what you're hoping? Yeah, so, yeah, so I'd, I'd love to see what he's got. And then from the vets, I just, uh, Liriano. I mean, if he's still throwing the same as he was a couple of years, 2019, because he didn't play last year, he's opted out. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that. Because like, that could be a really useful piece in the event, a pen that doesn't only really, really only has the one lefty in Baraki. So. Interesting. All right. Now you can hit me with a question. <laughs> I'll allow it. All right. This is from BK at underscore BKUH underscore Brandon Kuhn. Uh, who ends the year as the most valuable starter for the Jays between Mats, Roark, and Stripling? Okay, this is like just a process of elimination question for me. I feel like I don't want to give that to Roark because if he's the most valuable of those three, I feel like something's gone horribly wrong. Um, Stripling, I'm hoping, will be in the bullpen. So I, I think that just leaves me with Mats from, from you know, that nothing more than that. But I'm sure you have a much better reasoning for who's going to be the most valuable. So to me, it comes down to two things. If they add another starter, I think it's Rourke. Because I think Mats will probably go to the bullpen. And because I just don't see Rourke moving moving to the pen because his only value to a team is in his ability to eat innings. But I think Mats has the most 
com- the biggest combination of recent performance and upside to that he, I think he's going to be the most valuable one. Stripling, like, he's, like you, I think he's just going to be a reliever all year, so I don't see him being the guy. All right. Joe at Jokas108. Uh, does how the Jays dealt with Yamaguchi hurt them in any future attempts to bring Japanese players over? Did it already this offseason? No. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, you know, they signed him to a two-year deal and he was terrible. So I, I don't think any, you know, they they brought, you know, Rafael Delis is in Japanese, but he was pitching in Japan and they brought him over and he was great and they kept him. I mean, I think that anybody watching will see that, you know, it's a situation where the talent played and also they cut him before spring training. They could have kept Yamaguchi around till the end and then released him at, at that point. And then he would have no chance to get it to catch on with another team by doing it when they did. They gave him time to find another deal. So I think everything was done the right way. He just, with all the additions they've made, he no longer fit on the roster. And, and he got paid. It's it's not yep. like the second year of the contract isn't owed him because of how they cut him or something like that. Like you were saying about doing everything right. It, it was not one of those, oh, well, you know, if we kill you, if we cut you by this time, we don't have to pay you X million dollars. No, he, he, he got paid. So, yeah, the, the rest is gravy for... Um, for sure, and if he can catch on somewhere else. So, no, I, I don't think you'd have a problem with that. Sometimes it doesn't work out, and it's it's not the team's fault. Um, the player yep. just doesn't have that that season. All right, moving on. Yeah, the next two questions are pretty much the same, so I'll read them together. See. Paul Coretti at Paul Coretti. Who do you think the Jays will trade or sign for for pitching? For for the pitching staff before season starts, there's some a lot of words missing in that. And then it's, Josh at J Mitchell thirteen. What is the most realistic splashy move you can vision before opening day? Paul is using old Twitter where he only had 140 characters, so he still used like 30. Yeah, he's got to squeeze it in. Um, what what is the most? Let, let's say. In order that we don't answer the same question over and over again, let's say that Walker and Odorizzi are not the most splashy move. If there is a, if there is another move, what what is even if a trade? If you think someone is has a surplus of pitching, what would that look like? I don't know. Put you on the spot. Yeah, I, I just don't think there is one. To be honest, I think it's Walker or Odorizzi, or they go with what they've got. Because there's just the market, the trade market doesn't seem to have anybody really on it. The Rockies, who knows what the hell they're doing? Um, they tra- they trade Arenado, but they're keeping Trevor Story, and the, when that doesn't make any sense, uh, you know, the Reds seem very clearly to be keeping their guys. The Cubs have started spending money, so they're not going to be trading away. They were never going to trade Kyle Hendricks, but they're definitely not now. Uh, I just don't see the big move on the horizon. The one thing that is interesting, though, if the Michael Brantley deal had happened. The Jays had to have some sort of trade in place because they were going to have five regular outfielders. <laughs> and yeah. so theoretically, whatever trade that was could still happen because they still have the pieces that they would have traded away, but uh, and they still have an excess of outfielders, but I, I just don't see it, and I don't know where it would come from. I think it's, it's just the answer is Walker or Odorizzi. Um. And I'll I'll roll then into the last question with all that um, from what's next at Call Me Chris three one six. How much do you see Walker and Odorizzi getting, and will it be multi year? Are, are <sighs> we are we late enough in in this 
off season that multi year is is sliding off the end of the table? I, I mean, I think it probably is. Walker, so Walker apparently still wants multi-year. Um, the latest reports that he wanted multiple years at $10 million a season, which, like, you know, there's no way the Jays are going to do that. We've talked about how they want to hold all their flexibility for next offseason. But I, I just, I can't see both of them getting a multi-year deal. I could see one of them maybe. Like, the bets might say, okay, Odorizzi will give you two years, $20 million or $30 million or something like that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It's really hard to predict because both these guys should be getting multi-year deals, but at this point in the offseason, it's really hard to predict. And I, I think, again, that speaks to the weirdness of the offseason and the, the current dysfunctionality of the the MLB uh, collective agreement that these guys don't have jobs already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, this, so, and I, I do think that, like, if one of them had said, we will take a one-year deal at this point, they would be a blue jay. I I really do think that just because every I mean it's not like the Jays are stupid. <laughs> you know, I mean they know that they need another starter. So well, well, we'll and, and I'm, I'm, obviously James Paxton wasn't really their target because they never when, made him an offer. Yeah, they never made him an offer. But again, the they they one year eight point five million with incentives. Obviously, they didn't think he was worth making an offer to. Yeah, it just doesn't all add up. So um, I assume they think he's damaged goods. Yeah, and also one or two if, you know, because Washington State has no income tax. So, and apparently he has easy to reach incentives that'll take him over 10 million or up to 10 million. So like maybe he said for the Jays, it's like, look, if we're going to sign there, it's going to take one point one year, 12 million. And the Jays just like, no, forget it. Like, it's not worth it for that. Yeah. If that's the starting point, we're not into it. Um, you know, I, I kind of hope they get one of those two guys in the next week, and we can yep. not not have this as a topic on the next podcast. Not that we mind your questions. Clearly, you're all on the same wavelength. Yeah. And it also gives us something to talk about. <laughs> oh, indeed. Um, do we, did, I, did anything come in late? I have not nope, refreshed our, our questions list. Well, thank you all for your contributions. Um, I believe that means that we are ready to move on to uh, everyone's favorite topic, the do-over. What did you say? Oh, my God. Did he really just say that? Well, we can try again, right? You talking about a do-over, baby? Are you talking about a do-over? Let's do this! I specifically used the obnoxious um, stinger because we, we had a discussion, and this was an obnoxious move on the part of Major League Baseball. <laughs> So they get that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, Major League Baseball laid off, I believe it was 25 members of their social media team who were running accounts for teams around the league, including friend of the podcast, if I can call him that. At least he was a friend of our, our website when we had it, Richard Lee Sam, who I honestly, I said this to him on Twitter, and I, I 100% believe it. He took a cringy tone deaf Twitter account for the, the official account and turned it into something that absolutely I would follow and retweet on a regular basis during the season. Yeah. So they didn't eliminate the whole thing. It was just the in-game social media position, which is what Richard was doing and the 24 other people. And, but like you said, like the, the, the content and the way it was used and the interactions with other teams and other fans and, and the media that was being put out was all, it was so good. And, you know, we know Richard, he was, 
running our social account at BP Toronto back when this podcast was still over there. <laughs> and it's it's just really sad. And the timing of it, it's like, yeah, right before the season, sorry, guys, the job you thought you were going to have, you don't have it. Go find other work. I don't know. I just – well, it's sad. It's, was Richard responsible for literally us, the Blue Jays? Was that his no, tweet? That no, nope. that, that wasn't him. That was Ali Kim. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, nevertheless, there there were lots of times where prior to that setup, um, th- there were things that the Blue Jays would tweet out and they would be during a game and they would be way behind what was happening in the game. Um, they would they would look, you know, awkward that they were not reflecting the current score or they would be talking about a player who just taken off the field injured or what like it like it was on some sort of pre-timed something and the person wasn't even watching the game um yeah and also just there wasn't any engagement it was like just scheduled posts it's like this happened an inning later we're going to tweet about it this happened an inning later we're going to tweet about it there was no it wasn't interesting it was there was nothing to engage with that would actually cause someone who's not necessarily watching the game or who is watching the game and is paying attention online to feel any connection with the team and i think that these positions really elevated that and i hope that um, obviously, I hope that that those people who who were were good at that and who are not employed that way anymore, I hope they find something else that fits for them in in social media because it's it's you know something that it takes a specific kind of talent I think to be good at to be thinking on your feet and to be um, you know interacting with people and 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 to take a chance on some of the weird interactions that are out there. I do not envy their position, um, but if they want to do more of that, I think a lot of them absolutely deserve another chance wherever in in that sort of industry that they might end up because it's 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 a talent and it's really sad that mlb is like yeah we don't need that anymore yeah so hopefully the teams are gonna decide that these people were adding value and hire them individually as opposed to being under the mlb umbrella that would be very nice chint hint (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, so we're giving a big old do-over to MLB. If you want to just turn around, realize the error of your ways, and hire everybody back, obviously we wouldn't have to talk this about talk to uh, talk to you about this again ever. Um, but if you don't, maybe we'll just drag you one more time some, somewhere down the road when, when something really, really ridiculously dull <laughs> comes out we're, of the, the we're, account. You- we're going to say bad things about the people who are in the charge of head office MLB. No, there's no, no way that'll happen again. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be topic topic specific. We just generally drag them. It's what we do around here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, a lot happened, but I think it was pretty straightforward. So that means that we're sort of rolling into the end of the podcast. Uh, this is the juncture, which I usually ask you for a final thought. I'm going to do it again. You have a final thought. Oh, <laughs> Caught me off guard there. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Yeah, so it's weird. Right? You know, we've seen all the all the trucks are leaving and then they're heading to spring training, and I don't know when we're going to actually start seeing things. And I, it's like I'm really unusually excited. Normally, I think that pitchers and catchers report is the most overplayed, nonsensical thing. Like, who cares? This year, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see it. And I don't know if I'll be able to see the like the backfield bullpens. <laughs> it's going to be slowly <laughs> backwards. Uh, it, yeah, the phantom spring training. It's certainly a potential thing. We'll have to see how it, how it pans out and how much coverage there is. 
I, I'm sure some of the uh, of the media is figuring out a way to get down there. But I, yeah, it, it obviously can't be like your normal. Everybody kind of hangs out together sort of thing. Yeah. And one, one more thing that is good from, you know, Rogers never broadcasts all the games because they condense the travel. Which so that, you know, the, the Jays don't go over to the other coast anymore or, you know, all the way inland like they used to do. They only play the Tigers, Phillies and Pirates and, you know, like Yankees, Orioles, all those teams that are with like an hour and a half drive. They're going to be playing a bunch of the Yankees and Phillies who broadcast like all their road games, too. Right. So or, or they broadcast all their home games. Uh, sorry, yeah. the Jays home usually games. pick up their games. So yeah. we at least be able to see the non Rogers games as well. Because the Yankees broadcasters are actually pretty fair to the Blue Jays during spring training usually, which is it's like, right up it's until like the day Jays one of the Jays broadcasters are super fair to the Yankees or beyond that. Uh, yeah. Well, at least Jeter doesn't play for them anymore. Uh, my final thought is uh, about a broadcaster who shall remain nameless or a, a journalist who shall remain nameless. Um, who I was, we, we discussed the habit of this person getting things wrong all the time. And they got one more thing wrong. They apologized for getting things wrong on Twitter. We clearly invited them here specifically so that they could apologize for, uh, not getting stuff right and, and being consistently wrong. Didn't even hear from them. So to you, Bob, um, Yeah. I, I don't know. You just whiffed again. <laughs> One day you'll figure it out how, how to be a baseball broadcast, uh, a <laughs> baseball journalist. One day. But that day is not this week. It's bad. It's sad, really. I mean, people, it's it was a missed opportunity, truly. Uh, yeah. So I think it's possible we might actually start having guests in the next little while. Is Is, is that something you think we might be able to swing? I think so. All right, so we're we're going to phone a few friends, and then hopefully in the next week or so, one of those friends is going to come on the podcast with us and discuss what the heck happened to their team in the AL East over the last, oh, I, well, we didn't do it last year, over the last year or so, if anything's <laughs> changed. Oh, man. Well, that is to say that you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem, and I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead 2010. And this has been episode number 193 of Artificial Turf Wars. And we'll talk at you next week. <laughs> <laughs>